0: Hey, you guys, I want to tell you about an exciting new sponsor. It's Flex Sport Watch. So, you've seen those negative ion bracelets that people, athletes, and people who are just athletic, and even people who aren't athletic, wear to help them with balance. This is one of those bracelets, however, it has a digital watch in it. And by the way, I am firmly in camp watch. More and more people just carry their phones around and they don't have a watch on their wrist. And then they have to look at their phone to figure out what time it is. And that's distracting. And by the way, if you're somewhere where you can't even get to your phone, you don't know what time it is. That is why I am someone who still wears a watch. And you know what I like better than an analog watch? A digital watch. It's so much easier. So you already perhaps have a negative ion bracelet or you've been thinking you might want one because it will help with strength, balance, and endurance. You can now get one for just $12.95 that has a digital watch included from the people, the good people of Flex Sport Watch. Only $12.95 and it comes in four cool colors, black, white, pink, and red. I would opt for pink, but then I would probably also opt for black or whiter. I would probably get all of them and then I'd mix and match, just like people used to do with swatches. So go to my site and click the link or go directly to flexsportwatch.com and get yours today, except no substitute flex sport watch
1: you're listening to the ace broadcasting network
0: hey you guys hello i'm not going to say hey hi hello because that i'm going to save for the episode which you're going to hear in a moment but before i just wanted to tell you a couple quick things which is um, I'm very excited to announce that we're going to be doing Allison Rosen is your new best friend live. <clears throat> There's a frog in my throat that appeared on the word live, live, just like that was scary. Uh, <laughs> no, Gary's laughing at me. It's the first smile I've seen him crack all day. Come on, Gare. What happened? Anyway, you can come see Allison Rosen is your new best friend live at UCB Theater in L.A. on May 24th. And our special guest is Garfunkel and Oates. So I'm very excited about that. So for more information, go to AllisonRosen.com, and you can find out about tickets. They are extremely, I was going to say affordable. I'm just going to say cheap. They're cheap. So come on out, won't you, and support us on our very first show. And also this show has hit. It's actually over now a million downloads. So, um, um, what should you do in honor of that? Just keep doing what you're doing. Yay. Yay for us. And let's see, I'm trying to think if I want to share with you some stories or if I want to just hold those in like someone who's toying with you. Hmm. Well, actually, this is not an interesting story. It's just a sad state of what's going on in my life. So right now, two people in my family are recovering from surgery. And I'm being vague about that because one of them um, doesn't want everyone to know that this person and look, I'm being vague with gender as well. Uh, this person has, uh, well, I think I can say that has cancer and does but but is not out about it. Um and this is actually the reason that I moved to California from New York was to help take care of this person. And um, uh, so I was there, you know, during the initial everything and then the treatment and then it was in remission. And then just recently um, this person had to have surgery again and is going to start treatment again. So that's all going on. And then another person in my family uh, just had surgery, but that's was uh, – the recovery is kind of bad, but it's not anything you know scary and major. But I'm being vague about that because so as to not give away the other thing and blah, blah, blah. And that's a whole long story. My feelings about having to keep everything a secret, uh, which perhaps I'm not doing that well. That's a whole topic for a separate day. But um, I have been going back and forth between Los Angeles and Orange County uh, where – where it's like Downton Abbey. I don't know if you guys are watching that, but, or watch that, but there's a, a portion of the series where they turn this big mansion into a hospital. So that's what the house is like. It's like a small one floor Downton Abbey of sickness and moaning and people walking around holding their sides and things. And, I was driving back to that house from Irvine because we did a live show with the Adam Carolla show and I was, you know, in a totally fine mood. And then I got a couple blocks away from that house and I just started crying uh, because it just kind of hit me. Like that's the thing is that because I live in L.A. now and I have a whole life separate from all of that, um, I'm really able to a degree to compartmentalize. And I don't spend all my time thinking about all that, which I think is healthy. I don't think I should uh, because if I did, it would just completely hobble me from – from everything else in my life but when I'm there then I'm reminded and then I feel guilty for not thinking about it all the time and I have had to kind of um, make some boundaries which I feel like is sort of like such a cheesy thing to say anyway but I haven't been able to be there nearly as much as I would have in the past um, and or as much as I think they would like me to be there so I do feel like an asshole that I've had to say I can't I just can't be there um, because I have a job and I have all this other stuff. So that's – I basically walk around feeling like an asshole um, and I'm trying to deal with all of that stuff, a lot of the guilt that I'm putting on myself more than anyone's really putting on me. And I was going to tell you a delightful story about how a year ago at this time um, I got together Uh, with my boyfriend on my birthday for the first time that and I'm uh, by the way that was not an admission of sex or anything grody like that I'm just saying that's when our relationship started and I was going to tell you about how he wanted to take me out on my birthday and I didn't know if I wanted to go because I didn't know what I wanted to do on my birthday and my sister advised against it because she didn't think I should give him that power I shouldn't let him know that he has that role in my life um, and then I was not going to, but then I decided to, and then everything turned out happily ever after. But I've wasted so much time talking about disease and sadness that I cannot take this time to bring you guys back up. So that story will have to wait. Uh, anyway, please turn your frown that I gave you upside down and enjoy this episode with Janet Varney. Sorry, I'm a bummer. I love you. Hey everyone hi hello it's me, Allison Rosen, your new best friend and welcome to Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Um, my guest today is Janet Varney, actress, writer, comedian, producer pod those are all correct yes yeah
2: podcaster
0: yeah. she's the host of the jv club on the nerdist network network do you guys call it yeah, network? Yeah, we can call it a network. On, or do you sure. just say on the nerdist
2: uh i usually say the
0: nerdist network for better or for worse okay till death should have yeah. trusted my first instinct no, I think you were right on the money on the nerdist network and you guys i was going to ask gary how he's feeling because uh As you know, if you listen to last week's episode, he's a little under the weather. He's sniffly. There's a lot of phlegm happening. But then he stepped away. Oh, but he's back. Gary, how are you feeling? I'm getting a little
3: better. Thank you very much for asking. I feel better than I did yesterday or for the listeners last week. I was going to say in
0: podcast time, this is a sickness that has lasted an entire week. (laughs) Yeah. In real time. Three or four. But I'm getting,
3: I think I'm getting better. I'm hoping by the next time we record one of these shows, I'll be back to, uh, 100%.
0: Good. He caught Coachella fever, which is where you go to Coachella and then you get sick.
3: Yep. (laughs) Yeah. I I definitely – no one feel bad for me. I earned this.
0: Yeah. You did. Gary. Those are – that's a
2: badge of honor. You (laughs) earned that illness because I was too much of of a post to go there because I didn't want to get sick.
3: Kind of a badge of shame because I feel like an idiot for not planning ahead. But you know what? I I, I earned it. It's not like I got sick from nothing. I had a lot of fun. So –
0: yeah. So Janet, your podcast focuses on high school. Yes,
2: more or less. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's sort of the way into what we end up talking about. It. It's, it kind of veers off wildly from from that uh, from episode to episode, but it seems like a pretty good way to kind of get to know someone quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which makes sense to someone like you, who is also people's new best friends.
0: Yes, I know. I feel like we're kind of we're kind of uh, swimming in the same end of the best friend pool. It's good. Which is yeah, it is good positive stuff. (laughs) The pool has been warmed. Yeah, Um, yeah. So, what intrigues you about how someone was in high school? Well, what what their experience of high school was like.
2: Yeah, what what we talk about on the podcast a lot. I'm by the way, in my headphones, I'm hearing myself in such a crackly way that I almost feel like I'm broadcasting from a a different planet. Um, Oh, that's very fuzzy. I'm, I'm very very fuzzy. I'm covered with a
0: with a sort of a peach fuzz okay uh, like like you've recently hatched or you've been around like a recent like like i'm a little baby chick oh your voice is so cute let's uh talk to gary about that gary did you hear that
3: i did i'm not hearing it in here but i'll uh it's
2: kooky that's all right oh no yeah no it's there um i'm so i'm very fuzzy but uh but i i'm trying to adjust make
0: things happen if i adjusting my... I wonder if dial. she were This is not fun for anyone to have to Try to a guys. different set of headphones with um, that, maybe...
2: You know, I just twisted the dial and now it sounds maybe a little bit better. Oh, good. Uh, sometimes all it takes is to twist the dial, guys. That's just advice. That's just <laughs> good old-fashioned advice. Or a flick of the button. Yeah. A flip of the switch, mm-hmm. even. Um, I think what we talk about on the podcast a lot is I think what became clear to me when I was sort of thinking about LA and thinking about Hollywood one day and thinking about... Wanting to do a podcast and not really sh- being sure, like wanting to sort of have a point of view, I thought I, I think about how many times I've said about my life now, like, oh, it's just like it's like high school. It's like, yes. what clique do you belong to, and where, you know, how, in what way are you pigeonholed based on what you look like or how you dress or uh, who you're dating or anything like that, and um, and I and I thought I just don't even feel like I'm that far away from that girl that I was then. And I had been having conversations with girlfriends of mine about that and kind of asking them, like, is it me or do I feel – I just feel so close. Like even mm-hmm. in my 20s, I almost didn't feel as much like I do now as that sort of 13, 14, 15, 16-year-old yeah. girl. And, uh, and they were like, yeah. And so it kind of seemed like a really relatable thing. And I at that point knew I kind of want to really – I had wanted to really focus in on women, which was also kind of a weird left turn for me because I've – I was mostly into with dudes? Du- well, yeah. I mean, like total dude, like dude right. friends, and and um, I, I think I've had, I've had such a weird relationship with my mom when I was little that I just I had like trust issues with women. I just felt like I got hurt by them and stuff. Mm-hmm. And were you so, one of those people who was always like, my best friends are guys? Yeah, kind of, but I was never. That's I mean, there are too many girls out there right now listening who I grew up with who would be like, Are you serious, Varney? But <laughs> I, I had as many male friends as I did female mm-hmm. and I was always a really one on one friend. I had like because I was, was an only child and I think what I understood was like a dynamic of me and and a friendship with someone and that would extend out into groups
0: sometimes but You're like this best friend necklace only has two pieces. I
2: kind of I mean and I didn't have really a best friend for the most part. I just had a lot of a lot of friends that I was close to, but there was a lot of heart-to-hearts, you know? There was a mm-hmm. lot of, like, one in one time. Um, but, yeah, so I was never, like... I didn't dislike women, and I do think that there are women out there who have yes. guy friends who are crappy to women. I was never like that. It would be such a 180 for me to have been that and be what I am now. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I just thought, you know, I don't feel like, you know, kind of being familiar with the podcast world and doing a lot of other people's podcasts, I just felt like there wasn't really anything that kind of was the lady-oriented, but also sort of fun and silly and, and comedic. And um, and so I, I still love the dudes, but it just felt like it was an opportunity and a little bit of a hole. Mm-hmm. And I think that that turned out to be true based on kind of the feedback that I've gotten from, from some listeners and stuff.
0: Does that feel limiting at all, uh, making it so that your guests are only women, though? Like, have you thought, oh, there are guys I wish I could talk to? Or? I think
2: yes, but... I'm so at the beginning of this and I my, my list of women that I am excited to have on the show or that I would want to pursue is so long that I could go for like three years mm-hmm. without even being that distracted by the guys that I would want to interview, which I totally would. And I think that the a guy's kind of experience in high school and sort of how it shaped him and how he becomes an adult and how that relates is just as valid and just as interesting. So I would love to. But for now, I might as well just keep going what I'm doing. I, I
0: do feel like there's a dearth of women's voices in the podcasting world. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I don't know. You know, I, ha- I was talking to Ricky Lindholm, and she also has a podcast. And we were talking about just how few podcasts hosted by women there are. I mean, they are out there, but it's not, you know, I don't know. Like, what would you guess the ratio is? One to ten? I don't 10? know, but
2: yeah, I, I would say one to ten is probably pretty safe. It might even be worse than that, yeah. at least in our kind of community right. of people. I was super excited when you asked me to do it and I was – you beat me to it because I was like, I'm asking Allison Rosen. Oh, um, yay. And and I was so excited and we're definitely going to do a flip-flop where you come on mine. So um, – but yeah, I just and, – and I love Ricky's podcast. Um, but yeah, there's, there's really – they're just not that – I think there's, there's just a different flavor that's brought and there's a really different flavor much to the annoyance of some guys who don't enjoy my podcast – it really changes gears when it is just always two women mm-hmm. yakking at each other, but um, but I think it's good. It's sort of fun. It yeah. fulfills a part of my life that nothing else has up to this point, which is mm-hmm. kind of neat.
0: Well, speaking of women, now we're going to bring a guy on um, to do a segment called Things You Never Hear People Say. So we're shifting gears slightly, but then I want to come back and talk more about everything that you just talked about because like a whole bunch of areas of my brain just lit up. Oh, so good. I was like, yes, yes, I feel that way They're too. Good. Okay, so Things You Never Hear People Say.
1: Things you never hear people say when you ask them on your way as you go through. These are things you never
0: hear people say. Alfred, Alfred Schultz?
1: Speaking of women, Hello. Alfred
0: Schultz. <laughs> Ooh, that would, that would have been a better segue. Speaking of women, Alfred Schultz.
1: So I got that way too much. How are you guys doing?
0: Good. Hi, How are Alfred. you doing? I'm great. great. So, Thanks for having me on
1: again. I appreciate it.
0: No, thank you for coming on again. You're a, a crowd favorite. You're a crowd pleaser. Everyone um, loves you.
1: Because my mom listens. <laughs>
0: Oh, Debbie. That's her name, right?
1: Deb's, yes.
0: Deb's, yeah. Every time I mention your mom, mention your mom's name, it's Debbie. That's her name, right? I always follow yeah. it with that. I'm very unsure. So let's. So, so what do you have for us this week, Alfred?
1: Right, five more mediocre things you never hear people say. <laughs> uh, Way to first sell it. one is I hate Tom Petty. <laughs> never heard anyone say that. I. Uh, Next one, I don't like the dog, but I love the doggy breath. (laughs) We need more Garfield movies. (laughs) I love the sound of my alarm clock. Mm -hmm. And last one, my favorite Kardashian is Robert.
0: (laughs) You don't ever hear anyone say that. You don't.
1: But if he was alive, I think he'd be everyone's favorite.
2: Yeah. I wonder if anyone's thinking that stuff, but not saying it out loud.
1: I'm constantly thinking about it.
2: Are you constantly wishing there were more Garfield movies?
1: Um, all, always. Yeah. I think they're just delightful. You know, Good I don't, for the kids and the parents.
0: I don't think I hate Tom Petty, but I don't love Tom Petty.
1: I've heard people say that. Well, they I think Tom, Tom Petty, I, don't I don't really love Tom off. Petty either, but no one is taking time out of their day to hate like a Tom Petty song.
0: Maybe you just hang out with people who are more good-natured than I do. <laughs> I'm pretty like it's, <laughs> no, it's I feel like someone could hate Tom Petty.
1: Maybe a, the person, but really, like, what Tom Petty song is worthy of hatred?
0: You know that one with the kind of lazy singing style? Uh-oh. That one? Anyone.
1: <laughs> oh, wow.
0: I don't get that excited about Mary Jane. I really like,
2: I like. actually, I shouldn't say I really like Tom Petty. I like and very much respect Tom Petty. But
0: that song, Mary Jane, mm-mm, I don't care for it. Would it make you say okay. I hate Tom Petty? You're, mm, Alfred's mind wouldn't. is getting blown right now. Yeah. The yeah, whole, I, I guess that, that one
1: didn't work.
2: That oh. refrain of, I feel oh, very mama,
0: right now. oh, hell yes. Yeah. It just sticks
2: in my craw in a way I don't care for. Right. Yeah. But you throw on some don't come around here no more. I'm never going to turn that down. I'm going to turn I it I will up.
0: throw that on. All right. Well, I don't want to say you failed, Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going I'm to give you an A-minus. I'm going to start grading all everyone right, and everything because right. I feel like it's a very kind-hearted thing to do. That's a good idea. Well, thank you, Alfred.
1: Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate the A-. Usually when I failed or came close to failing, I got more of like an F or a D in school. I'm going to so get an
2: A. Can we give a, a special A-plus to I don't like the dog, but I like the doggy breath? Sure. we could. Yeah, we can grade them individually.
0: That I really liked. So you're Especially. coming out with an A, basically. You can feel good awesome. about that. I'll Tell Debs. That's her name, right, I'll Debbie? take it. Yeah. 4.0. All right. Well, thanks, Alfred. We'll be talking to you next week. Bye. Awesome. Cool. Can't wait. All right. See you. Bye. I was tempted to ask him what he was like in high school, but I know that he had a speech impediment. Aww. And no, it's not really an awe speech impediment. Aww. It's more of a we laugh about it, I think. But maybe that's just because his brother always laughs about it and tells stories that make me laugh and it's actually mean. I don't know. But I know that if we... We, Alfred laughs about it as well. Okay. So I know that if we were to talk about it, then it would result in me wanting to make him kind of do the speech impediment. Right. He's not my dancing monkey. Yeah, it's
2: not fun to be, to have to say to someone like, do that
0: voice or be told, Mm -hmm. do that voice. Yeah. He's only my dancing monkey in terms of he'll do things I, things you never hear people say. Yeah. On command. I like that. Okay. So here's what I was thinking. I was thinking that, When I was in college, I think I felt farther away from high school than I do now. Right. Like, what is it about the real world that is so much like high school? And is it that all of a sudden we're, um, like, without a game plan or there's, like, so much less structure? Well, but high school had a lot of structure. Yeah, I don't
2: know. I I think – I like your point about college and I think that in college – I'm just speaking for myself, I was so stimulated by how different my life became when I went off to college that that's kind of what I was aware of and what I was thinking about. And it was about celebrating the changes Mm -hmm. from leaving home and from graduating high school and um, I'm sure for – those people who went, ahead, you know, who skipped college and just went out into the quote unquote real world and got jobs, they would probably say the same. It's just, it's so wildly different. And I think you spend a lot of time after college, even kind of, then your life changes again. If you did go to college, it changes again when you leave college and you're kind of adapting to that new world and figuring stuff out. And maybe it's not until your 30s, uh, by the way, have given this question no thought because it's a great question. I never thought about it quite this way before. But maybe by the time you're in your 30s, you You sort of have a chance to like sit back a little bit and sort Mm -hmm. of look around, and maybe it falls into a pattern that feels familiar in a way that it did when you were a teenager. Like you're kind of settled into your life, right? And and so these small things or these consistencies kind of flash at you in a different way, and you and you can analyze them in a different way.
0: Yeah, because I was trying to figure out why did I? I was actually I was listening. For the second time, to your episode of Paul Gamartin's Mental Illness Happy Hour. That's the yeah. first. I'm trying to remember if I knew about you, and through you, I discovered his podcast, or if I discovered you on his podcast. And I can't remember, but the first episode of that that I ever listened to was you on there, and and I just thought it was such a great episode, and I loved everything that you shared, and I loved you know his take on everything. Um, and while I was listening to it, though, I know that for you, college you was like a kind of unhappy time yeah it was pretty bad
2: I mean it was it was really amazing for some reasons but I so that's when I started having horrible anxiety and
0: panic and stuff so yeah that made it really hard and I want to talk about that um but but what I'm going to say is now going to sound super insensitive juxtaposed to that but for me listen I
2: worked with Paul Gilmartin for seven years so nothing (laughs) you say can sound insensitive (laughs) (laughs) Um, shout out to him Bastard. Wait, is does
0: he say insensitive
2: things all the time? Oh my god, totally. In the best way. Like he absolutely unintentionally says things that are super insensitive and then has to be told they were insensitive and then is like incredibly chagrined oh, Cuz he has a heart of gold, but so he there it's a it's a joke with us, like the people that worked on right. that show with him where he would just say that something was dinner bullheaded. Movie, right? Yeah. That's
0: so funny. That's like the other side of him that he eludes. Like I feel like there's yeah. people on their on pe- there's so many podcast personalities that allude to these like sides of themselves that you don't really s- hear on the podcast, but you just know they exist. Like Mark Marin is one where I right. feel like it's you know he was this crazy asshole evidently years ago, but he doesn't come across that way. Yeah. and Paul Gilmartin comes across as so soft and gentle and nice. So that's yeah. interesting to know that he's he's, got this he's soft, sensitive, he's side. soft, but sometimes yeah, sometimes he just doesn't. He's just sort. Sometimes he checks out and just something comes out
2: of his right. mouth and he didn't realize. Oh. God, I love that man so much i too. I'm so glad I don't he know has him that, that well, side of him. Yeah. He would love you. I'm sure he would love for you to do the podcast. Oh, I did do it. Oh, well there mm-hmm.
0: you go. Yeah. We've been in love ever since. See? Um, but just not the same depth of love that you have with him as someone who actually no. knows him well. Yeah. I only I mean, know him you, in a little bit. To, yeah. When you work because we shot in Atlanta, so
2: we were together like right. on the flight there and then the whole time we would be there and we traveled a lot actually for that show. So, we know how to we know that we travel together well. So,
0: we could almost be married, but he's got a wonderful wife. Mm, that bitch. Um, so for me, college I really think may have been—I don't want to say the best four years of my life—simply because when someone describes something in the past as the best four years of their, of their life, I think, oh, you're a sad kind of person." Right. you're some, but it really, well, yeah. yeah, you know, because it's supposed to just always be getting better. But it really was a phase of my life or a chunk of time that that I looked back really fondly on and I just loved it and I was thinking why though what was what was it about that time that was so great and I think for me college was the first time that I experienced the world like this all these things that I had hoped could be true are coming true this is this is what I always believed was possible but had never truly experienced before in this really reassuring way because I grew up in Orange County, California, which is also where Gary grew up. And it's a very um, homogenous kind of – it can be homogenous and shallow, and I never felt like I fit in, and I always felt like weird sort of just – you know, I, the things that I valued were not what people in Orange County valued. And all of a sudden here I was in college and I was around people that were funny and they were smart and they liked me and I got along with them. Yeah. And I was sort of being rewarded for the things that I had always valued, like, you know, intelligence and being thoughtful and analytical and all that. Um, and then it's just been downhill ever since. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> not really. Oh, you know what? A lot of people. Oh, Gary. I'm please. sorry. That's,
3: that's Thanks. very well said. That's that sounds a lot like how I felt leaving Orange County and getting into college.
0: Yeah, in yeah. I think
2: it's... that's the real I mean I and I've, and I've talked to a lot of women on my podcast who had that experience too who just really felt like a little bit of a purgatory situation in high school because it yeah. was so localized to where they were and if you weren't if you weren't in a community of people that really, you know, reflected back your values or what made you excited or what you were interested in artistically or anything like that, it can be very Oppressive, mm-hmm. and I've talked to a lot of people who feel like college was really when they came into their own and and got to not just be who they were who, because they were in high school, but like right. express who they were yeah. in a totally different way and have and be and connect with people yeah. as that person. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I know we're in the middle of talking about this, but. <clears throat> Once we started thinking about high school, I immediately flashed to what you said right before the podcast. Oh, yeah. Where, I'm losing my mind over this a little bit.
0: No, okay. So we, in should, a great way. we should talk about this. So I said to you that I think that my boyfriend went to the same high school as you did. Which immediately um, I was already like, what? <laughs> and and he had your dad as one of his teachers. Again, what? And then I said his name. And then you – And, his first, and he, his first name,
2: by the way, is very – Regular. It's not yeah. like his first name was like Sterling or something where there could
0: only be one. God, I kind of wish it um, were though. And I
2: don't remember ever knowing his last name. Okay. So I, the fact and his that his name is
0: Daniel or Dan. His name so. is
2: Dan. So the fact that, based only on me knowing his name was Dan, and that it's Allison's boyfriend who I don't, by the way, know very well, mm-hmm. just based on that, and the fact that we've, and then, and then he told me, uh, then she told me how old he was. Within all of that, and I went to a very large high school, I immediately guessed right on the first guess How of who it was. How? How, though? I don't know. That's what's weird about it is yeah. because you said that and Dan's I thought, okay, he was cool. a senior. And I thought, all right, the only one that springs to mind is this guy that was friends with this guy I had a huge crush on. And they were, like, inseparable and their names were Dan and Matt. <laughs> and... I said, did he have a great friend named Matt? And you said yes. yes. And I just lost my mind because I, I had such a crush on his friend when I, I guess I was a f- freshman or a sophomore when he was a senior, and I would, I was, it was that whole thing where I, and I didn't do this with that many people. I, I, but my crush on him was such that I would like, you know, I kind of got a sense of where he would be in the hallways and like would try to walk <laughs> that way so that I would see right. him and. I was a total Weisenheimer, so I wasn't really shy in the conventional sense, but I think he had a girlfriend, and I just wasn't – and I wouldn't have ever stepped over that line yeah. anyway, so I just sort of like, I mean, I
0: feel like that's that's how everyone isn't – I don't know anyone in high school that's like, I'm going to not have a crush on this person because they're with someone else. Like, right. that's just standard, right. you know? Right. But I feel like she didn't go to
2: the same school or something. This She was like a mystery person. But I adored him, and I knew he was funny because – Somehow I knew. I guess maybe through my dad. That's so weird because my dad. <laughs> Your dad loved was an English teacher. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Okay. He was an English teacher, and uh, and I know that he loved them. And I and so I had a relationship to them to the point where yes, please tell Dan if he doesn't <laughs> listen to this. I a hundred percent remember him. I have a complete picture of him in my mind. Um, they were both like wiseacres and I mm-hmm. really appreciated that because there weren't that many like clever, sarcastic, dry people. That I can remember yeah. at
0: that school, and and they totally were. So, so I'm, gonna, that's he, I'm gonna need to hear more about this crush on Matt. How did you know him? Just
2: I I I knew I must have known him through. I mean we we didn't have any classes together. Obviously he was older. Um, it could be as simple as maybe I just knew him from the hallway. But I did know for sure that my dad really liked uh, the two of them, and I do think of them as always being together. Like I don't mm-hmm. have any association right. with the two of them ever being apart. I think they might have been on the yearbook committee or something. I have a yearbook. I'm not kidding (laughs) you. I have a yearbook that the I think it was the year he graduated. When that when I got that yearbook, I mean, I did that thing where I, like, every single picture of him that there was, I drew. My version of it wouldn't have been, like, a heart around it because mm-hmm. I just wasn't that. I was a weirdo. So my version of it being weird was, like, I would write little weird notes to him or comment on what he was wearing like I was teasing him or something. But it was In all your just yearbook. for me. Yeah, it was all <laughs> just for me. And maybe a friend of mine who knew that I had a crush on him. And uh, I mean, but like when when you think about that's really the only time you get to do that without someone thinking you're completely psychotic. Mm -hmm. Like I could never have a relationship to someone else now the way I had with Matt where I was essentially stalking him. Right. In a very creepy way.
0: No, I know. I mean, I remember telling a friend of mine that I had met this guy at a party and I had a crush on him. And I think I was 16. Uh, And she's like, oh, we should drive by his house. I was like, yeah, okay." I mean, yep. it, that never seems like a good idea. <laughs> it's never a good idea. When you get to a certain <sighs> age. But it, but the crazy thing is that at 16 that it seems like a good idea. Yeah. Not really the feeling, insane. That
2: feeling that you get, like your heart starts racing yeah. as you're getting ready to pass. I don't have those feelings much anymore. No. And I really
0: miss those. Oh, Gary has his hand no, up. Oh, Gary. <laughs> okay. Just... For,
3: for the male listeners, what's the best case scenario in the "Let's go drive by his house"? Like, what is the what is the that best? She's you not can hope actually
0: for? crazy; she's just acting crazy. <laughs> oh uh, yeah. Oh, what's, you mean what's act, the
3: outcome? Like, like if, if it, your friend's like, "Let's go, let's go drive by your house," and you're like, "Yeah, let's do that." What's the best <laughs> case scenario? You're so, but in you're your
2: mind? so right; it's <laughs> not about. It's not about an outcome. It's not about like, oh, he'll see me and then he'll come out and ask me out on a date. It's about the it's, rush of sharing the secret with the girl. Yeah, girlfriend. it's almost more. Yeah,
0: it's almost more it's about, about delighting that. in the crush with yeah, your female it's friend. It's about that relationship more yeah. than it is about your
2: crush. I think. Okay. I, there I was definitely a guy that I rode. I rode my bike past his house all the time. Did he see you, Josh Zintarski? You know who you are. <laughs> um,
0: I don't know if he did, but I. Probably wanted him to. Because I would do stuff like somehow I'd find out that some guy I like is going, I used to go see live bands all the time, is going to some concert. And then I would like move heaven and earth to somehow also go to that concert, even if I didn't like the band. And I'm sure it was very obvious. Like, very, very (laughs) obvious (laughs) what I I was doing. Maybe it
2: was obvious to girls, but Gare, I mean, aren't guys kind of oblivious to stuff like that in ways that girls would never expect them to be? Like, you didn't know I liked you? Yes. See?
3: Absolutely. So maybe
2: it wasn't. It might See, have been obvious to some another girl, but maybe not to you.
0: Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. We've talked about this on the show before, this whole idea of if you like someone and you're young, should you tell them? Because my general feeling is when you tell someone, they, they usually already know, mm-hmm, I think. Mm-hmm. But then I've, uh, I've caught some pushback on that because Gary and James Gunn, who was the guest on that episode, feel like no, oftentimes... Um, Women don't know.
3: Well, yeah, I think I think there was, or men don't know. Yeah, there's a double edged sword. I mean, James and I were talking about we were giving advice to a 15 year old kid who had called in, and we were saying, well, James was saying rather, and I said later I thought this is good advice that there's really not much to lose besides the embarrassment in that moment, yeah, and like that,
0: except your best friend who's the girl.
3: Well, yeah, maybe, Oof. but but his point oh, that was that a few times in order to get in order to to get a hit. You have to strike out a few right. times, you know? I it, think it's yeah. like, he, yeah, he's
0: like, if you want to be the kind of guy who dates a lot of women, then you have to get over this idea that it matters what their response to your overture is. Right. Because, and, yeah. And,
3: and I don't necessarily know that I agree with your, um, your assertion that when you tell somebody you like them, they already knew because it's happened to me more than once that I was told not directly, but like third party, like, Hey, she's into you. And I was like, Really? How about that? Like no, because I'm just I'm stupid. I don't know. Most guys are. We're oblivious. I wonder if
2: Matt knew about my crush on him. I don't know. I'll ask. I'll ask Daniel. Ask Dan. I will. ASAP.
0: I guess I'm thinking. See, uh, Gary, I feel like that's sort of a slightly different situation because if someone tell if someone tells you that someone has a crush on you, then that might be sort of earlier in the whole crush progression than when the person puppy dog eyes. Yeah. like then when the person decides themselves that they have to tell you because they just can't go on living this way anymore without any closure. I feel like usually at that point it was pretty obvious. No, maybe not. No,
3: I totally hear what you're saying. I was more speaking to the idea of guys being stupid they and weren't. saying that we are, <laughs> we are We are dumb right. and oblivious. Yeah. So, so I, I guess I, I take issue with the thought that even if it, it in your head is like I have to tell them or I can't go on living, that the idea that they probably already know – not necessarily.
0: Okay. Interesting. All right. Maybe not. Um but back to that idea of never really experiencing crushes like we did in high school like as strong and yeah. it's like cuz I think I feel like just just having the crush, not having anything to do with the person, but just having the crush in and of yourself was satisfying enough at the beginning. Yes. I, I mean yes, it's almost like I'm almost talking about sort of that phase right Right when you start having crushes on people in real life, as opposed to people in movies. Right, which also s-
2: continue on. I mean, I think some of us, like it, maybe you don't have crushes in quite the same way with real people, but like sometimes movie movie stuff mm-hmm. continues on, which is very nice because it's it's a fun release for that energy, I guess. Yeah. But um, I, that just I then I totally oh yeah yeah there's that yeah I mean I don't know like yeah th- I think especially at that age. The less you know about someone, the better, for right. sure, because then it is this sort of nebulous, cursory knowledge of someone, and you can just build them out to be whoever mm-hmm. you want them to be. You yeah. can even go that far in right. your mind. You might just be enjoying the the flush of excitement you get when you see them or whatever. But, yeah, yeah there's that, like, it definitely doesn't... It's the, uh, the idea of a crush kind of separates from their core humanity pretty early on. Like, yeah. I was always really surprised if a guy friend of mine said after we've been friends for a while like i you know i really like you like i would like to take this to the next level i would always think what not i'm not saying always like that always happened to me (laughs) but i would think god you've you're a better person than i am because if i had seen the sides of me that you have i would have lost interest in you as anything other than a friend you know i would have lost interest in me Mm -hmm. like i'm like i like i wasn't doing the kind of you know Tap dancing right. and like putting on the show and trying to be pretty or trying Isn't that to be funny, funny. Then when someone to a a still friend, likes you, yeah. Even when you and to and then you're yourself. like, Oh
0: really? I don't know. I thought, you know. Yeah. See, if it were me, then I probably would have jumped to oh, they just like their idea of me. They don't really like me, because if they had really seen me, then they wouldn't like me. So the fact that they think they've seen me but they still like I totally get gone down that. I totally get that, and I and it is
2: amazing how and I think guys are like this too. I think humans are like this if they're sensitive people. How quickly we find ways to punish ourselves even when someone's complimenting us. Mm-hmm. Like that's a broader issue of like, yeah. oh, you can't possibly be that well, into me because now now I have further to fall, mm-hmm. which I will fall off this
0: pedestal because I'm a horrible person and you just right. haven't figured it out yet. Right. And almost an anger at someone for insisting that you're better than you think you are. And, and I my, totally get that. My belief about that is just that. And by my be- belief, I mean probably my therapist belief. <laughs> Although I'm not currently in therapy anymore, but back back when I sort of rebuilt myself because things just weren't working the old way. Um, Interesting. <laughs> intrigued. Maybe we should save that for my podcast. Yeah. Um, I think that I think my my belief about that is that it just has to do so much with how you feel about yourself. And if you, this sounds so hokey, but like if you don't love yourself, then if someone else tries to love you, it's going to feel false.
2: I totally agree. So. I totally yeah. agree. It's that unfortunately, the hokey stuff ends up being really true
0: sometimes. So much
2: to the chagrin of those of us in the comedy world who like sh- kind of shitting on everything. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I love that the description of your podcast is you say like warning contains sincerity. Yeah. I felt
2: like I had to put that out there because I I knew I have I love doing other people's podcasts and I think and some of my favorite things to listen to and watch are completely ironic or just snarky or whatever. But um, I just felt like I wanted to – I sort of wanted to, in my own snarky way, uh, acknowledge that there's, you know, there's like real touchy-feely stuff going on on the podcast, which there definitely is. But hopefully it's not
0: so, you know, in your face that it's like disgusting. So it's not. I love it. So what uh, what were you like in high school? I was –
2: I I for the second half of high school I was sort of more just kooky in terms of like how I behaved and how I looked um but uh, the listeners to my podcast uh know that I when I was um in uh uh 8th grade I was like pretty square and then I went to um a Mormon girls camp. My mom had really wanted me to go and I always felt like I Were disappointed you raised her. She's Mormon but my dad's an atheist and um and my dad really had like he reared me mm-hmm. but my mom had uh shared custody and i would have to go to church with her on sundays and i just always felt like i i don't know i just i just felt it was my own stuff, but I just felt like a terrible daughter most of the time to her and a great daughter to my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like when they divorced, it was like I took his side, I guess, and then I never and then I never really forgave myself for that later. But um, So I ended up going to this camp even though I was always the one who was like, hey, you guys believe my dad's going to hell because he's not, you know. Right. Um, but there I was, and I just fell head over heels platonically in love with this girl at this camp who – I mean, this is such a long story, and it's like – but it's one of the most interesting things about my high school experience because it was so intense. Mm -hmm. Um, We were sitting around the campfire, and I was younger than – I was a year younger than she was, so I was in like a different cabin with a different group of girls. We didn't go to the same ward, which is a whole thing about – Mormon church, the way it's organized. Um, but Is a ward. Uh, a ward is like a parish or okay. whatever. It's like base, they did, they they base it on where you live. So it's mm-hmm. like a, where you would go to school kind of right. same thing. And so this girl didn't live anywhere near me. So I'd never seen her before in my life. And the everybody had to do a skit the first night of camp. Each group had to do a skit. And so we did our stupid little skit. I'm sure I was like pushing too far, trying to make it too funny and too edgy. Um, and then – These other girls come out and they're doing this skit and there's a girl who has like dyed black hair and like just sort of a weird Cleopatra bob – and she had like – she might have even had dark lipstick on, like really dark. I mean for a, for a girl's camp in the mm-hmm. middle of the mountains that was Mormon-based, right. this girl was out of this world. And she was missing part of her finger. If she ever hears <laughs> this, I hope she doesn't mind that I'm telling this story. Um, and she was like incorporating that into sketches in mm-hmm. this dark, amazing way. And I, I don't know. I've never fallen in love with anyone at first sight, platonic or otherwise, except for this girl. I was just – Done. I was like, I don't know who this is, but she's I I've never I'm exploding. And I couldn't wait to meet her. I mean, I was a, I was a total little boy. I just like went up to her. and I was like, hey, um, I'm Janet. Oh, God. I thought that was really funny. I just was I fanned out on her, you know, and um, and we just I mean, within like five minutes, we were inseparable. We were, would I would sneak out of my cabin to sleep in her cabin with her because I was so in love with her. Mm-hmm and it was like the most intense week of my life and we got really close and she was really into like The Cure and Depeche Mode and I just completely changed everything about myself. I started dyeing my hair orange. I started wearing black lipstick. I started wearing like dog chains on my neck and on my wrists and mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, we started doing drugs and what going drugs out. What drugs were you doing? I started doing LSD. Wow, was in eighth grade, crazy uh, ninth grade, ninth but grade. I was thirteen. Mm-hmm. I was thirteen. Oh, right, because you skipped um, kindergarten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you
0: remember? I, I just remember Paul Gilmartin's podcast. Right,
2: um, and so I would not recommend that to any young listeners. LSD or
0: skipping kindergarten? Um, uh
2: skipping kindergarten I You know, we neither. They're both really important to uh no, I the, the skipping kindergarten was fine. Uh <laughs> she said humorously. And then uh but but yeah, taking taking those drugs really young. I you know I don't really know what I did to myself, but it wasn't good. Um but uh and so I so for the first couple of years of high school, probably into my junior year maybe. Um I was sort of that that girl. Mm-hmm. And then and then I kind of just I guess I grew out of that, and we sort of had a like a falling out, which I feel terrible about. Um, and then my my friend circle kind of opened out a little bit, and uh, and then I was just again, then I was just kind of a weirdo. Like I like I stole clothes from the drama department, which my drama teacher, um, unbeknownst to me, had donated some of his clothes into. So one day I came to drama wearing like a seventies. Man's shirt. It was like mm-hmm. a green polka dotted shirt uh, with a really wide 70s collar. And my drama teacher said, That shirt looks really good on you. And I knew I had stolen it from the drama department, but I just looked at him square in the eye like a badass and was like, Thanks. And he goes, <laughs> It looks a lot better on you than it did on me.
0: Oh. He was ready for this one. <laughs> <laughs> he had his comeback ready. So, the, yeah. The funny thing is that when, as you're telling that story, I'm watching your body language, and you're kind of cringing, like, "Oh, you, like you can't believe that you stole clothes from the drama department." Yeah. And maybe I just have no moral compass. I mean, not that I think it's a good idea, but I feel like perhaps you're uh, flagellating yourself more than necessary. Well, I appreciate About that, that. Yeah, I appreciate I that. Thing. I, I, okay. That's very
2: nice. I think the general amount of stealing that I did, never from a person, mm-hmm. never, ever, ever from that a friend a or a family, through, nothing though. like that. But I definitely was like hooked on shoplifting for a while, stealing things I didn't need, I didn't want. You know what I mean? Just for the rush. That was sort of part of that rebellious time. Isn't
0: that a phase that that most young teenage girls go through? I mean, I I I, I sort of flirted with it a tiny bit, but I I was too much of a dork to really stick with it i was it. real reckless i wasn't doing it in like department stores where there were cameras but there was always so- that girl that got
2: caught stealing a bikini yeah yeah i was and i never oh, god you could not find me in a bathing suit my entire life so never it a b- would be under <laughs> <bikini. Yeah. laughs> but uh but yeah and i and i feel bad because even though i didn't steal from i'm i pretend like i'm saying oh i didn't steal from a person i mean i was stealing from like little secondhand chops and stuff mm-hmm. like it was their livelihood and i was stealing from them so i I feel terrible about that. Did
0: you ever get caught or get in trouble or anything?
2: Um, I got apprehended and released. Like I For was stealing. not booked. Yeah, I was not booked. I was so ashamed of myself and I was crying so hard. It was at a drugstore. Mm-hmm. And I think I had seriously stolen like a chapstick. Once again, not stealing because you need anything, not right. stealing anything you Your really want. It was dry. Yeah, it was just like, mm, I guess I'll we'll take this. Uh, It's kind of a boring afternoon. I guess i will steal some, you know, whatever. And I was so, I mean, I was devastated. And they, they called the cops. You know, it was like a Walgreens or something. And they called the cops. And the cops came. And uh, by the time my dad came, I was crying so hard. I'm sure Mr. they were like, she's going to pass out. Yeah. If we don't just, like, give her a pass. But, but I right.
0: definitely was grounded and stuff. And uh, what was your mom's reaction to you coming home from Mormon camp with this new personality? To be honest with you, I think
2: it was just par for the course to her because I did – I was kind of a bad seed with her. But my dad was so – he had such a, a strong belief in me that even when I was doing that, he was like, I know she's still a good kid. I know she's still smart. He just didn't worry about it as much. Mm-hmm. Whereas my mom was like going through my purse to try to find cigarettes or any evidence that she could that right. I was doing something
0: wrong. And why did you and your goth friend have a falling out? Um,
2: well – she was getting ready to graduate, and I think here 's the here 's the simple answer um, I think the simple answer is, and I was just talking about this with someone who had a similar friendship um, we it 's that passion and that fierceness and that excitement of having that friend who you are you inseparable with, and we For a long time, we wanted to be the same person. We Mm -hmm. just wanted to have everything in common. We wanted, we loved the idea that it was like, take one or the other of us, we're the same. (laughs) Um, And we really, we just love that. And I think at a certain point, I started to get really, I I can't speak for her, but I started to have an identity crisis. And I started to feel like, well, I want to be special. And I, I don't want someone to think that I'm just like someone else. And I don't want a boy to think that, going out with her is the same as going out mm-hmm. with me or something like that. And so I think I really had growing pains and I just kind of like got scared and didn't know how to organically have that conversation or how to organically pull away and I and I really I think I really hurt her because I just kind of disappeared on her mm-hmm. without being able to say I don't I'm not comfortable with this dynamic
0: anymore. Have you talked to her since, or do you ever look yeah, her up on we're, Facebook? Yeah, we're or in touch a
2: little bit. I I just sent her a little uh, email for her birthday, um, so and we've seen each other since, but not for a long time after that. And it was so passionate, honestly. And she is a certifiable genius. I mean, she's one of the smartest people I've ever known or ever will know. Um, that it wasn't it wasn't like it just wasn't like oh we were really close and then we mm-hmm. broke then we broke it right. off. It was like she wrote me a letter. When when I had – sent, I think I tried to make amends months later after I had kind of dissed her, I guess. And I think I sent her some flowers. I gave her some flowers or something. And she wrote me a letter that is one of the most painful letters I've ever received because – and I, I've read it very recently. Like I read mm. it a couple months ago because I was thinking about her for her birthday. And I read it and it was like the most articulate letter where someone basically accuses you of being a horrible person that I was – I mean, I was like, God, she was so smart even then. There's, <laughs> There was no ad- – an adult woman who was a professional writer could have written that letter, right. you know? And you kept it. I kept it, yeah. I kept a few letters. I only have like one box of letters from people, but I have friends who keep everything, and now I kind of wish I were better about it. Mm-hmm. Do
0: you keep stuff? Do you hold I, on to stuff? I do. Um, we funny. Gary and I were just talking about this yesterday. But it's, it's both because I – Am sentimental, and because I'm really disorganized and can't can't make up my mind and can't let go of things, so it's less like, it's less like I have a box of mementos than like I everything is could be a memento or it could be trash. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I find that I tend to sort of sift through stuff when I move when I'm forced to, and then I usually end up getting rid of things that I wish I hadn't, and I keep stuff like and I always when I move there's at least one box that's just full of papers and crap because I look at it and I'm like, I don't want to go through that right now. And I don't know what that is. If I were to psychoanalyze myself, which I spend a lot of time doing, (laughs) I would say that it's probably that I just don't, I don't want to come, I don't want to have to face all that stuff. Mm. I get that. And I don't know. Are you organized?
2: I'm pretty organized, but I do, it takes me a long time to sort of go through files of things and like, you know, and I do think, I probably have more even... Than I need because I do. There is a little bit of that, like oh, I don't want to sort through all this. Yeah. But, but both my parents are just not. They're kind of purgers in that way. I have a like a, and I actually have an idea for now. I'm just saying it on, but. Guys, don't do my sketch, okay? But I just—I ha- I think it would be really funny to have like a, a, a version of hoarders that's purgers, like you can't yes. stand to hold on to anything, yeah. Because that's a like little bit... like you're throwing out my... food as you're yeah, eating it, exactly. <laughs> and you're, and then you just gradually dismantle your own body because yeah. you're like, I don't need
0: this. Um, <laughs> oh, that's like that is the opposite of the house yeah. I grew up in. Yeah,
2: and that's but that's how my parents are. I mean, my dad are both they running my parents, from something
0: or just very they're, tidy? They're
2: basically in the same place, but they but they keep a small space and they don't like a lot of clutter. And so like as soon as I moved out of my dad's house, he turned my bedroom into something else. There was no sentimentality. He's a very sentimental man mm-hmm. and very emotional. But in terms of the representation of me in a space, he has tons of pictures of me everywhere to the point of embarrassment. But he has – but he immediately like, OK, now I know what to do with this space, What this use of this space. is going to be my room and now this will be this room and this will be this room. And he gave me a bunch of – like little by little he's just kind of unloaded all the stuff on me that he kept for sentimental mm-hmm. reasons that I made or wrote, you know, anything like right. that. And then I would be like, well, if my dad doesn't care about it, I don't care. About it. And so I would toss it, you know? So, and I was just talking to um, to Jessica St. Clair uh, on a recent pa- podcast. We were talking about the idea of, you know, keeping those mixtapes. She kept all of the mixtapes that like boys would make for her and her friends would have. So she still has she like- does she play them on though? Those, I guess she, that's a great question. Maybe she just <laughs> she looks probably at has them it. and caresses yeah. <laughs> them. But you know, when people would make, right. take all that time to make you your own cover, it was like personalized and- this, the thought, the thoughtfulness of the mixes and stuff. I just don't have anything like that left.
0: Yeah, I, I'm to th- There's a few things that I know exist somewhere, like lists that I made, or just drawings, or things like that. Um, and it's funny. I have so much crap, and yet the, there are those few things that I really wish that I still had. And I think part of why I have, why I keep so much crap, is that the feeling of wishing I had something that I don't have. At times, has been so painful. Yeah, stuff. I get that. And like, here's sort of a ridiculous example of that. I remember going away on an overnight trip, and there was a shirt. It was like this oversized purple satin blouse. Because this is a long time ago. I'm sold. And done. I really, I was at the hotel, and I really wanted to put on my <laughs> purple shirt with my black leggings, <gasps> and my giant beret, and my giant earrings. Uh. And I didn't. I looked in my, you know, duffel bag, and I hadn't brought it with me. And I was like, oh, I thought I brought that. I guess I didn't, you know. And I was so upset that I didn't have it that ever since then, I was like, I'm always gonna bring extra stuff, mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> which is so such a never stupid, to stupid way to live. That yeah, and lacking ever
0: again. I guess you said that you kept drawings. Did you draw? or you do you visually? Oh, you I mean, can, or doodles. They were I think they were more doodles, yeah, I mean I, I did do some art, but that was never. I was always a writer. I mean, that was more my thing. Mm-hmm. um I went through phases where I did sketches and things like that, but i was I wasn't never super I wasn't into either. it. I was terrible you at it I, I, thought like I, you was, were, I thought I heard that you do like installations and things
2: well, that's a thing I discovered about myself literally two years ago, like I just didn't I liked I've always liked making stuff with my hands, but more in the crafty side, and I had never liked drawn or painted and um my i was with a guy for five years uh before i was with chris whose his name was also chris unfortunately um so i had like 13 years of chris but see uh,
0: i that might not be that unfortunate though because at least then if you mess up the name or something not that their moms also had the same first name was, OK, that's kind totally of weird. weird. It was totally yeah. weird.
2: But he but Chris was a uh, first Chris was um, was an amazing visual artist. He had gone to school to be. A, I mean, he was a painter and a graphic designer and um, and he was just amazing. And I kind of had that like he was so good. I started to think maybe I could try to like the canvases are just sitting here. There's extra paints. And so I would like futz around and then just immediately be like, no, I can't do this because um, he was so talented that it was, you know, encouraging, but in- then ultimately super intimidating. But I always wanted to be able to do fine art. Like, I I feel like I understand, even if I'm not great at all the other forms of, mm-hmm. or, of or creative exp- expression, I feel like, I can sort of dip a toe in. Like, I'm not a good dancer, but I can kind of dance if I need to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas fine art, like just being able to draw or sketch something yeah. easily, I just am so amazed and impressed and, and intrigued by it. It's like a whole different language to me that I can't really wrap my head around. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Daniel is actually uh, a pretty skilled artist. Nice. And his his parents are both um, – well, no, his his mom and his stepfather were – were our artists um fairly accomplished and he'll send me drawings that he did on his ipad like there's all these applications yeah uh where there's like brushes and calligraphy pens and all these different things and i look at that not the drawings he sent i look at the at the actual applications and i'm like these are so cool but i know if i had it i would just it would be like what i do when i'm at staples trying to buy a pen which is just writing like swiggles with different pens yeah yep same the thing about fine art, though, is that it involves – I think it would involve needing a lot of space, and it's kind of messy.
2: Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's, the most, you that's actually have like uncreative a studio. of me. It's so have, messy. <laughs> you want to have, like, the guest house yeah. that you converted into an amazing studio and, you know. Exactly.
0: So I need to um, mention something that's also wonderful and creative, which is one of our sponsors. Wonderful. And then I'm going to come back – talk about more of of everything we've been talking about. Um, So Mother's Day is coming up. And Mother's Day also happens to be my birthday, which is important to me. It's probably not as important to you guys. But it was important to my mom. And because my birthday was Mother's Day, I was saying this recently, I feel like my mom always got short shrift on Mother's Day. And it wasn't until recently, sort of, that I started realizing that Mother's Day is actually a big deal. And people actually send their moms things and they go out to lunch and it's more than just a a sort of, oh, happy Mother's Day, I guess, which is how it wasn't in my house. I'm sorry, mom. Um, So Mm -hmm. if you're trying to figure out what to give your mom, might I recommend Sherry's Berries? These are big, juicy strawberries that are dipped in chocolate and not just one kind of chocolate, but all different kinds of chocolate. There's white chocolate. There's chocolate chocolate, dark chocolate, milk chocolate. Some have chips. Some have swizzle. Some have nuts and they're beautiful and i'm not lying because they send them to the studio and they're
3: oh, fucking my. amazing
0: they are I yeah love those i know well, they I, send them to the studio okay, fantastic. i don't think we have any right now although there's a box in there with a lot of spots where the berries used to be they get <laughs> to the studio and they they go so fast and as i said last week i always start out someone will offer me one and i'll be like oh i couldn't possibly cuz they're yeah. very decadent i could and and then pretty soon i do and then also i like because i'm weird i like to kind of separate the strawberry from the chocolate i'm on board for that 100 yeah same yeah oh you do too okay and the the strawberry is good and the chocolate is good and it's very thick you need
3: a good mix you need a good ratio of chocolate to strawberry right yeah
2: i think it i I like separating it because it ends up feeling like it's two separate desserts yes like oh i just won yeah, Somehow I got the fruit one, two, and the chocolate. Of just one thing. Yep.
0: Exactly, and you're probably thinking, how much are these amazing berries that you're talking about, though? Because I don't want to spend two hundred dollars. Well, you don't have to; they're only nineteen ninety nine. They start at, sorry, they start at nineteen ninety nine, and then there's all different sorts of options. And actually, if you go to, the, to Sherry's Berries, if you go to the website, which is berries.com, dot com b e r r i e s. dot com b e r r i e s. dot com, you'll see that they have more than just amazing. Uh, chocolate dipped berries they also have pretzels and they have cakes and they have all sorts of different awesome things that uh, would make for amazing gifts or would make for things that you'd want to stick in your own mouth so 19.99. 99 that's an over 40% savings uh, and that's for my listeners though so if you're not one of my listeners you might not be able to get this amazing deal and you have to order now, though, because the offer expires at midnight on Friday. So here's how you can get them. Go to berries.com, as I said, and then click on the microphone in the top right corner and type in best friend. That's best friend, microphone in the corner, as in Allison Rose's, Junior best friend. Or you can call 866-FRUIT-02, 866-FRUIT-02. I'm kind of in love with that phone number.
2: That's good.
0: Gary, did I leave anything out about the... The berries. No. Did I hit uh, everything? Not okay. that I can
3: think of. They just, they rock. I okay, and definitely I have, recommend them. I have one
0: more thing to say, which I probably shouldn't be saying, but I'm going to say it anyway, which is perhaps you listen to my show, perhaps you listen to Adam's show, perhaps you listen to other shows where they're also trying to get you to buy berries. Here's the thing. In a sense, we're all kind of pitted, no, no pun because that's a fruit word, against, <laughs> <laughs> against each other. And the fine people at Sherry's Berries will be keeping track of uh, what you type in, where the microphone is. So if you want to support this show and if you want to help me and you want to help me prove to the Sherry's Berries people that and you I can really push berries. You know you do. You know you do. Then uh, type, in, type in best friend at the microphone on berries.com. And by the way... It also helps Adam when you do that because uh, you're helping me and if I do well, then that helps Adam. So see, everyone wins. Okay, moving on. I think, I think it might be time to do just me or everyone. Do you know what that is, Janet? I do. Okay, good. I want to come up with something. Sometimes I
1: ponder on something.
0: Okay, Molly Irez or Ires says, I don't like revolving doors. They make me nervous. Um, Okay, I love that you sent that in because I recently revealed that I don't like escalators. They make me nervous. And every time I say that I don't like escalators, someone, usually the guest, tells me some story about some awful accident that happened on an escalator where someone lost a limb. So evidently, I'm smart to have this fear. Um, Revolving doors... I usually encounter revolving doors at the airport when I have a lot of bags with me. And so me plus the bags and the revolving door seems like something bad could happen. So I I don't love them, but I don't hate them. Mm -hmm. You? I actually love them, but not because I think that they're
2: great or helpful. I love making the person or people that I'm with really uncomfortable by not... Waiting for my own turn. Oh, you're that I person? Like to, I like to just be in there with them and laughing about how awkward it is when you're squinched up, slowly shuffling, right. trying to get through. I'm not talking about a stranger. would never do that. But I do if I'm walking with someone. I think it's really funny if they get in and then they realize that I'm in there with them. <laughs> like, oh, was I supposed to? Is it not my turn? <laughs> so that's how I whistle in the dark on the uh, revolving door issue.
0: Now, y- okay. Okay we have many more to get to, but you were saying on the Paul G. Martin podcast, you were saying that you just really like people. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking, are you one of those people who chats with strangers? Because I've been talking a lot about the fact that I always wish I was that kind of person who just yeah. could spread joy and just be like, oh, blah, 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 you know, and just like, oh, she's so one. Look at her sweeping through here. Or that's, maybe that's narcissistic that I wish that. But I'm, I, I have said that, I think I should just accept that I'm not that kind of person. Yeah. And I, maybe I never will be. Um,
2: I think, yeah, that's, a, that's actually a good question. And I, and I struggle with that sometimes because I think I'm not consistent about it. Um, I do really like people. I, like, I, I've definitely been on flights where I've ended up talking to the person the whole time. It's never me starting it. Okay. I assume, I always assume that no one wants to talk to me. And by the way, I, I often really don't want to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm inconsistent. Um, but i do feel like i can find something to talk about with anyone if i need to yeah um so i don't like i'm very private in that way uh and i don't open the door right away with some, especially right. on flights on flights i would say i'm the most withholding of attention ever because you don't know and it's yeah. kind of my time mm-hmm. to sort of decompress um but I do have unnecessarily long exchanges with people, like at restaurants, and when I'm, you know, going to get my groceries. Or I know all the people at my deli. I love that stuff. I love knowing what's going on
0: with them. I always want to see. I want to be that the community person. feeling is
2: important to me.
0: I want to be the person that has those relationships. I just don't them. forge them. Yeah. Well, it's, I lived it in, in New takes York, time.
2: sometimes you just have to. You see, yeah. people, if you make your routines, people start to kind of notice and. Um, you know, for me, I think I went to my Gelson's for a really long time without really saying anything, mm-hmm. and then after a while, it was like, you know what? I know that this person's name is their name because they have it on their name tag and I've always noticed it right. and I know it so now I'm just going to start saying hi and I'm going to tell them what my name is so it kind of grew out it's not like I don't think I come off as a sort of cloying I have an image in my mind of like a, a, and all due respect because actually I love southerners but like a peppy southern like Christian Chenoweth character mm-hmm. who's like hi y'all what's your name I'm Janet I like to, to do and what are you from like I'm not that at all but I definitely will make a conversation last longer than it needs to at the drive cleaner if i'm just like what's going on with your day bob and then yeah. he tells me then i'll be like no kidding i mean there, there's sort of more right to be
0: there so that i don't know if that answers your question I'll gary's have, laughing i'll have my good. Yeah. I like that. Uh. i'll have moments of doing that or i'll be drawn into it. it for i guess i'm inconsistent as well it sort of has to do with how i'm feeling that day yeah, I but i'll totally have moments fair. like that but then as you know as i walk out of the dry cleaner i'll be like look at me Making a go of life in New York. <laughs> like in New York when that would happen. I right. had many. There's so many look at me. It's funny. Doing whatever. It's funny. It's like, yeah, there would be a camera
2: on you. Yeah. You'd be part of a show. Yeah. It's like you're you're experiencing the experience after the fact. Just right. as much
0: for that as for the moment itself. See, I don't have my regular grocery store in L.A. I'm realizing that I don't have – because eventually in New York I did develop all those relationships. Yeah. Sometimes I think about the grocery store that I used to go to in Brooklyn and I think I never said goodbye to them. I see <laughs> I that.
2: Oh, you just outed yourself as a people person. I you guess outed yourself as a people person, but have I didn't say goodbye.
0: That? Like I wonder, I wonder yeah, if no every now and then they're stalking the milk, thinking whatever happened to her? Maybe. hope she's okay.
2: I mean, they're I probably don't know. looking for your face on that milk curtain. <laughs> missing, missing yes. in action.
0: So I and I'm realizing I don't have any of those. I don't think I have any of those relationships out here. We're going to force them for you. Yeah. You'll, well, I enjoy it. See, I can't. I can't decide whether I go to Pavilions or Gelson's. I would like to go to Trader you Joe's. Come over. We should
2: be. You should okay. be coming over to my.
0: Listen. let We it. make a shopping date at our Gelson's. <gasps> yes.
2: I'm going to walk you through. I'll be like, "This is Judy. This is uh, I would like that Maxwell. This is Carla. Are those their real this names? Is, yes, it is.
0: This is the assistant manager, Missy. She's here all the time. She. I did have a discussion with a manager at the Gelson's one time on that really squishy mat. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I love that squishy mat. Was it a woman? It was a man. Uh, then I don't know, because For, I don't know that guy. I don't okay. like that guy. Okay. No, I don't know. He was perfectly pleasant, yeah. and he accepted my frozen entree that when I got home, I realized it had already been opened, and I didn't oh. want it. So there was two, very cool There's about two that.
2: Dorothys. There's two, two different Dorothy cashiers. Is
0: one a dot? No. I think it was Dorothy.
2: Okay. Yeah, neither
0: one of them are dots. Should we go to one of the yeah. other ones? We're Let's. hogging. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, okay. Ohio, 1827. Oh, speaking of groceries, so embarrassed to admit this, mm. but if I buy eggs, I'll open up the carton first to make sure none of them are cracked. What's embarrassing about that? That's just that's being common common That's I do it every time.
2: Yeah. I eat a lot of eggs. I do it every time, and I would hate if I got a, a yeah. single leg cracked when I got home. <sighs> I'd be furious. Same. Yeah. Totally.
0: Okay. Chris Ryan 3, my wife gets up six to seven times to pee a night and now i think that's a just, just me or just my wife
3: i think it's it says j-m-o-m and i think it's just me or every mom oh that's what that I, should be
0: j-mo-m i don't know <laughs> okay just me or uh okay. i get up numerous times to pee in I the do middle too. of the night
2: i know i'm not supposed to drink a lot of water before bed because that'll happen but yeah i'm going say i'm a thirsty
0: person yeah me too I, I I really can't remember the last time I slept through the night without getting up. Me neither. Whereas my boyfriend will. Yeah. He will I, I cannot I mean he wakes up in the night because I wake up six or seven times to pee yeah, right. in the night. Um and Yeah, but but left to his own devices, he would sleep through the night. I i I yeah. can't I Never. I don't think I could do that. Never. I'm so used to doing it that I feel like sometimes I'm kind
2: of still asleep and kind of getting like ready to get back into whatever I was dreaming about. I
0: I don't yeah. really sometimes. Fully oh yeah, come out of the I've sleep. kind of I've kind of woken up on the toilet a few times. Yeah, I get you it. Know. Something got me there. It's not it's just your. Magical. It's not just
2: your wife. Yeah, Chris. It's all ladies.
0: <laughs> it's all. It's a lot of ladies. Gary.
3: No, I sleep through the night. No problem. You do?
0: Yeah. Like that's like regularly you sleep through the night. Yes. You. I. I you don't even get up no, once. I, I
3: definitely have. You know. It, Couple times a month, two or three, I'll have to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, but that's an abnormality.
0: Hmm. Do you sleep through the night? Like, you don't even wake up in the middle of the night? No, um,
3: I'd say probably three nights a week I sleep from when I fall asleep until when my alarm goes off, and then the other times I'll wake up, usually once the sun's up, like something will wake me up, somebody will walk by my apartment at like six in the morning, and it'll wait, you know, my apartment Mm kind of shakes if people walk by like out I live on the second floor. So I wake up but I I don't get out of bed or anything. I just go right back to sleep.
0: I literally cannot remember the last time that I woke up in the morning after having closed my eyes as I went to sleep.
2: I can't either. And I accident I accidentally while I was listening also scanned ahead and I love all of these upcoming. Oh good. Well, Once. maybe you call oh, one out. Great. Uh the next one Oh, the next one I hadn't read. The next one is uh is is RJ Johnson LA and it's is it just me or is everyone really tired of the phrase I tell you but then I have to kill you Yeah, I'm tired of that. I think we're all tired of that. Yeah. Good, yeah. Good, Let's move on to a culture. Good
0: note. Okay. Um sled zeppelin uh answer the phone despite knowing who it is via caller ID with hello as if I don't know. <laughs> yes, I do that too. I like that. Do I guess you? I do too. I I
2: guess I do about half and half. Yeah. Sometimes if it's somebody – but you know what happens – one of the reasons I think I still do it is that – and Sled Zeppelin, you tell me if this is one of the reasons that you find yourself doing it, is that often I'll answer the phone with the acknowledgement that clearly I do know who it is and then they still identify themselves anyway. So it was right. like, oh, I might as well have just answered hello. Yes, Because yes. I've, answer- I've, I've literally answered like, hey, Mark. And they're like, hey, it's Mark Smith. That, I'm like, well, right. I think we
0: – We established that when I said, hey, Mark. That was the Mark you meant. That's sort of like when you have that weird conversation, uh, two ships passing, where you say, hey, what's up? And they say, good, how are you? Yeah. You know? Like, I've had that one
2: happen a few times. That's not what I asked. I probably answer that poorly all the time. I do, too. Al Al Val's. Yeah. Al underscore Val's. I wanted to throw this out because I love
0: it. When I dance, I make a dance face. Does everyone do that or is it just me? Oh, yes. I definitely – I make the (laughs) – this is what I do when I dance face.
2: I make a – I think I make an apologetic – no, you know what I, my go-to is? Is fake surprise. I like, I like dancing poorly way more than I like dancing well. I like dancing intentionally poorly. So I make this face of like, whoa, what's happening yeah. here? Like I'm not in yeah. control of the bottom half of my body. And it is very satisfying. Yeah. I'm going to go as far as to say it might be satisfying to others as well in a – a very unsexy right. manner. but And then the other thing that made me think of Al Val's is mirror faces because oh, yeah. all the women mm-hmm. I know
0: have a mirror face. My, I like my mirror face better than my real face. They all
2: like – everyone likes their mirror face yeah. better. But I'm so aware of other people's mirror faces that I'm now trying to be really conscious about not doing a mirror face. Like, look, I, this is what other people see when they look at me. I don't get to, like, change – I know that I don't look like this unless I'm doing mirror face. So I'm just trying to. What see What is myself. your mirror face? I think it's pretty similar for all women. They try to make their lips somehow more poofy, like, yeah, and, and appealing. And it's like a sexy look. It's like a, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a little bit of a like
0: a cheeks out, a little bit of yeah. duck lips kind of. I, and for me, it's a little bit like somehow like my eyebrows move back a <laughs> tiny bit, like you're checking yourself out, kind of. Well, it's also my my doing a video blog or vlog face Mm -hmm. when i can see myself in the camera interesting okay uh interesting yep it's my camera face because i guess just when i see myself i just kind of automatically do it but then when i go on auditions where i'm delivering something to a camera and there's no monitor i'm like god damn it they're not they're they're being special face i can't yeah i can't make my captivating energy my captivating energetic face what if i just have like dead eye yep I would like to be able to do all oh. auditions in, into a webcam that's like six yeah. inches in front of my face. We'll get there. D- now, I feel like that might be a just me. I definitely, it's, this is a, it might be a just me and it's probably not relatable to anyone uh, except maybe you, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's my show. Okay. Yeah. Uh, on a, at auditions, I really would prefer to do something to a camera that's close to me than across the room. I don't know why. Interesting.
2: I don't know it's, if I have a one or the other. Well, do you feel like uh, you have to shout? Like, does it feel like you're kind of yeah, being too f- large because you're
0: you're not? It, it I feel like horrible. I can. I feel like I can uh, approximate delivering it to a person. Mm-hmm. Like, it's more intimate and genuine and real if it's mm-hmm. right in front of I me. I think that makes perfect sense. And I think that I actually there's I suspect there's a different look in my eyes when it's right in front of me. You know it's, what? It's much more intimate than far I'll away, where it's like yeah. pantomime. Here's
2: what just happened. Mm-hmm. It was a just you. I've now taken that on. Like the next audition I go into, I'm going to be like, I really wish that camera were oh. closer because what you said I'm just sorry. made perfect sense. But I like what you said. I'm sorry. No, it makes sense. I'm, I'm ready to take it on. To worry about? Okay. Well, I'm ready to take it on. Real quick.
3: Have either of you ever heard of a guy who knows about this mirror face phenomenon? Because that's the first
0: no. I mean, really? I've heard of that. I Mm-mm.
2: welcome and invite the listener to write in to us. Uh, I'm at Janet Varney. Um, I guarantee you Reilly. every woman will yeah. be like, yep. Mirror no, face, you know, but men—I I don't, doubt I don't it, know. But I've never heard of. I don't know like any guys who have mirror face,
0: That's... and I feel like other people's mirror faces are look much more contrived than ours do to ourselves. Like my mirror face, I feel like it's just a few degrees different than my real face. I Think face. everyone thinks their mirror face is a few degrees, and yeah, I can totally think of my sister's mirror face, and it's very like, yeah, d- different
2: looking. I don't know you, I don't know. I'm, I'd be interested to see if people. Because, uh, yeah, if everybody thinks that there's, like, close to their real yeah. face, but everyone else knows when they're doing mirror face, I don't know.
0: Gary, do you have any kind of mirror behavior or reflective surface behavior? Do you give do you do give yourself a sup? Uh, <laughs> I'll smile to make sure that
3: there's the, nothing in my teeth or something. I don't know. No. Okay. I, I feel like dead-faced is – what's the point of the mirror if I'm not looking just totally exactly how I'm going to look when I'm walking down the street?
0: Huh. <laughs> I admire that. Yeah. That's not how I am. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tad Pike says, have earbuds in so often and for so long that silent gas may not be as silent as I think. <laughs> okay. I have a friend who has a story about studying in a library in college, and he had his headphones on. He was listening to Day Real Estate, and all of a sudden, he heard his own fart. <laughs> And he realized that if he could hear it over Sunny Day Real Estate, he had to get out of there. Yes. That's how much he was in his own little world. That's fair.
2: I don't think it's just you. I don't think it's just you, Todd Pike. Uh, I bet bet a lot of people – I guess I can't really speak for myself. I'm trying to think. I feel like any time I would notice that, it would be too late. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. I think think I'm – I think that you're at the disadvantage because you have two women that are answering this question because I'm – I think women are more preoccupied and self-conscious about gas in public places in general. Yes. So that whether you have earbuds or not, you're, you're not going to fart. Right. You're just not it's, going to. Yeah. But guys, I think, maybe do it more if right. they think it's going to be quiet yeah, or if may, it's not going to smell. They're used to sort of and so, rolling yeah. the dice. So I think it's math, not just you. Math. I think it's guys. But I can't really speak to that. That might be a Gary answer. Gary?
3: Yeah, you guys are pretty much right. I, You know. If you're in a – yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I have
0: all a right. question for Gary. Okay, so I'm the only female around these parts, these parts being the Adam Carolla offices and studios and all that. And we all have a good laugh. Whenever anyone farts or burps, then they always go, oh, son. And I say, oh, excuse me. Um, do you guys act any differently when I'm not here? Ooh, good question.
3: Not Really?
0: Like I'm just wondering, is um, no. it like a fart free for all when I'm not here? Because it's a it's pretty farty when <laughs> I am here.
3: Uh, I'm pretty sure it's a free for all when you are here. It was back in the day. There was a, a girl here who Janet may know named Katie. Who yeah, uh, isn't who she? Used does she here. produce
0: your she
2: Katie role? Levine? Yeah, yeah.
3: When Katie was here and she used to work in the engineering room, everyone was a little bit more reserved. I mean, not totally because Katie was cool, but like everyone was a little bit more reserved. But when it's funny because I feel like
0: I'm more girly-girly than Katie are. is. You
3: are, but you're in there. So yeah, like,
0: oh, right. What happens in I, here, interesting. we just fucking no. I, Yeah, there's, oh. a, there's a smell barrier.
3: Yes. Wow. Yes. And I don't think anyone in there is going to go crazy, even if they are a guy, because there's mics that can pick it up and who's the, like
0: that. Ooh, who's the biggest offender?
3: Um, it depends on what whoever had for dinner that night. It really does. Wow. It rotates.
0: Ugh. What a weird world! I know those boys. You now hold boys. on a second. Let
3: me just let me just make sure that we're clear here. It's not like anyone. You hear Adam talk about Jimmy specifically eating things to bring that on. Yeah, that's not per- going. Apparently, no. clam. We're, we're not that ridiculous. No, that's, I I, that's I, I know.
2: I don't mean that you guys are weird. I mean the wor- The oh, weird. We the weird. The the weirdness of a world where women. Just don't do that ever, really. I don't mm-hmm. think. I mean, I've had a lot of different kinds of female no. friends, and nobody's laying them out. Mm. If it if it happens, if I'm it's with like my sister, there's an apology, or there's like
0: a I totally didn't know that was gonna happen. Yeah. It's never like she won't care if I fart. One of my most mortifying moments uh, during college orientation. We all went to Target. Um, cause you know, everyone does everything in a big group in college and perhaps I was adjusting to the new cafeteria. I don't know what it was, but my friend Angie walked up to me and she went, boo. And I went, Oop! <laughs> oh. and she said, I'm never going to sneak up on you again. Yeah. It was awful. <laughs> oh, another time in gymnastics in third grade, my poor, the poor, I had like a private lesson. And every somersault and every cartwheel was just punctuated with a little. Oh yeah, that is the last situation (laughs) in which you want to be gassy. I feel so bad for the guy who was spotting me. I couldn't help it though. I
2: I was a child. I my one of my trainers. uh, I, I don't. By the way, I have multiple trainers. I don't know why I said that. I guess I used to work out with someone, and now I kind of work out with someone different who lives a little closer. But he is anosmic, so he can't smell anything. It's like the perfect. Dawson
3: has that. Yeah, yeah.
2: I never and knew Mike the word Furman for has it that too. Anosmic, yeah. So you could totally fart. Like they don't. There's no negative association with farting or poo or anything like that.
3: Yeah, according to Lynch, that's one of the reasons that it is the way it is around here. Because during the radio sh- show days, he shared an office with Dawson, who had that, and he just so as a result, just, it, there was never even a concern. So.
0: But he's not deaf. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: true. But if you don't, but you but think he has about it, it's the sound. I know. Yeah, it's like the sound. If the sa- if the sound would right. sound without. Ever any association
0: of a smell? Right.
2: The world would be a very different place if we
0: didn't. Just like the sound of like a pen along a spiral notebook. Yeah.
2: You know, that's that
0: smell. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about getting to the point in a relationship where you fart in front of the other person. Because I've heard people say, oh, but I've I've never gotten to that point. And when I was younger and I would hear them say that, I'd think, that's a shame. And yet, I have actually never gotten to that point in a relationship. I mean it's not – like there's sort of a discussion of it and there's not mortification if it happens. um, But it's not like pushing them out.
2: Yeah. Uh, Yes. I have never been in a situation where I welcomed – farting mm-hmm. in myself to in in with someone that I was with. Right. It might happen if you live with someone after a while, but it was never something I was comfortable with. I never got comfortable. Now, do you
0: think what do you think that means? Is that a good or bad thing? I think it's not a bad thing.
2: I don't think it's a bad thing. I think if you live with someone there are enough uh lines that get crossed and enough ways in which things become platonic that um <laughs> Whatever you can hang on to that allows for a little mystery is probably not the worst thing in the world
0: Yeah. okay, at what point in a relationship do things should things start becoming a little platonic and by that i don't mean that you guys don't sleep together and that there's not an attraction. I just mean that like that sort of passion begins to take a backseat
2: i think well i don't I don't know the answer to that about not living with someone because I associate it with like people living together. I associate it with when you start when you move in, it's you're 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 going to necessarily end up making those transitions without mm-hmm. even intending to. Yeah.
0: It's a you're shame
2: bills and your yeah. It's a shame and yet I don't really see a way around it. I don't know if I do either, but I I do feel like you see Kind of repeating in cycles uh, in contemporary culture, people become fixated on the idea of couples who live apart for mm-hmm. a long time, like the whole Woody Allen, Mia Farrow thing. And right. I just read another article about that. There's like a new set of celebrities who keep separate homes and, um, and are, you know, raving about how good it is for their relationship and stuff. I think there's something to it.
0: Hmm. Hmm. It just, I don't know. All, it seems like a lot of extra upkeep or something just to have the extra apartment but I mean I guess if you're actually living separately as yeah. opposed to just maintain, you know, keeping it but for the most part you spend all your time together yeah I don't know see my boyfriend and I I live in Hollywood and he lives on the west side and that yeah it just that it's part rough. sucks yeah so um, I think we should do Topic Sombrero actually it's the Topic topic
1: sombrero we asked for topics and you sent them in it's the topic topic sombrero now pick
2: a topic and let's be
0: could you reach into that sombrero and pull out a topic?
2: I have been waiting my whole life to be asked that very specific mm-hmm. question. Who knew that there it would be, be a today. reason for it? I still love that song
0: so much. I do too. So thank you, Trap Dog. So thank you so much. Trap Dog, Trap Dog contributes all the music to this show. And he indulged my stupid idea. I was—I was, I I was actually going to
2: ask who did the music, so I'm glad that yeah. it got volunteered to me. I picked—I picked a topic out of the sombrero. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, life after your longtime spouse has a midlife crisis and destroys everything you had together. (gasps) Oh, that's Hmm. dark. Life after your longtime spouse has a midlife crisis and destroys everything you had together.
0: Wow. (laughs) Wow. Um, my gosh, I'm trying to think if I, if that's a topic that I can even address. Um, that, well, that's really sad, first of all. Um...
2: I'll tell you what immediately yeah. is sad to me is that I don't associate the words midlife crisis with anything other than men. Yeah. Just not because I've had an experience with it, but just because that's what your what society teaches us. Society teaches us, whether it's even true or not, it's like the chicken or the egg. What right. causes what? Right. Do men just have midlife crises because they're expecting to because we keep – getting drilled in that we will or is it truly physiological and it is something that sort of freaks out in in a man um but i never hear i never think even think about like a woman leaving her
0: husband because of midlife crisis see my dad when he turned 50 he we joke that he turned 50 for like three years like he went through a serious major midlife crisis of just just be i mean being impossible to be around and really you know acting out and stuff um but everything's fine now that was years ago but uh of course I well it'd be interesting to get my mom's take on that cuz that was a, that was a very tough time for her
2: mm. um but your parents stayed together for a yeah lot. they did but if there
0: ever was going to be a time that they were going to split up it would have been then like yeah. she will say that you know that, that, that they came pretty close um but with some of the stuff I've been thinking about lately, like sort of thinking, you know, I w- I always wish that I was this chatty person who talked to strangers, but maybe I should just accept that I'm not. I've, when I have thoughts like that, which I've been having a lot of lately of like, you know, maybe I should let go of this hope that I will be a certain type of person because I really I am who I am. And, mm-hmm. and it's like it feels almost adolescent to be wishing I was some different, entirely different kind of person. Mm. I should just accept that I'm, you know, I've. I've put in a considerable amount of time on this earth now maybe Mm. this is just who i am and then i think these feel like the kind of resigned midlife crisis thoughts that i imagine someone has when they have a midlife crisis because i think that's what the whole thing is it's this acceptance of like all you have to let go of what you hoped your life could be because it is what it is
2: that's so insightful allison i think that makes so much sense and i think thanks yeah i do and i think in that way Many of us are having those crises all the time after a certain point, and maybe for women it happens in a different kind of way either because we feel we've been given permission to ask those questions and come up with answers in a different way or we explore our feelings more in depth. God, I don't know. And I, by on the podcasts. way, I, on podcast, certainly on <laughs> podcasts, I don't mean to – I yeah, I actually feel terrible uh, s- separating men and women in this way. I, I take it all back. Human beings, human beings, maybe certain human beings um, because of the way they were raised or because of the way they are, um, are able to sort of battle those questions mm-hmm. in a different way. And then others, it sort of hits all at once or something. But I think that makes such sense is that question of is this all – And even if the all that you're criticizing is what some other people would look at and say, I would give anything to have that, it's yours and it's what you're used to. And it's suddenly about I don't want to be used to shit anymore. Mm -hmm. I want to go to college. Right. I'm in high school now. I want to have the experience of going yeah. to college, but now I'm 50 or I'm 40, and I don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. And that feeling of and it's of, foolish
0: to hang on, or is yeah. it foolish to hang on to it? Yeah. yeah, and
2: I think and I think to go back to the original topic, um, that's a really really hard thing because you just it it kind of becomes like if that person couldn't keep it together to work through that shit and keep you in their life. Then it's not a. sign Yeah, it's not a. It's just not. No matter how long you've spent with that person, how can you hold on to the idea of what what used to be if they're not especially, willing to come right. back and, around? And or, especially
0: if holding on to the idea is damaging you. So yeah. the th- I think the thing that's hard about that question is that I am of the mind that if something's not working out, if someone's hurting you, if if something, if the net. Uh, sort of the net total of the the relationship is that it's more painful than positive than you know take steps to walk away. However, I I do think there're situations where, you know, maybe you're married and there's kids and there's so many years behind you that if your impulse is to try to work on it or to try to forgive them, then I don't feel comfortable saying don't do that. But my instinct is Nah, let it go. <laughs> well,
2: yeah, and it just takes two. And I think, I think yeah. both women and men in relationships, gay, straight, whatever, if one person really wants it to work and they, are, they, they try to take up all the slack and do all the work in the relationship and we all have to learn that that's not possible. Mm-hmm. It absolutely can't ever do – no matter how much you want it, no matter how much work you want to put into it, if the other person isn't going to turn out any results – it's never going to be enough.
0: And if everything you're doing is is just creating a mountain of resentment in you, be aware of that. Because mm-hmm. even if you get back together but you just resent the person, that's going to drive a wedge right back between you. Yeah. And that's something that I, I try to be mindful for, of. For, I try to be mindful, and I think everyone should be mindful in any kind of relationship is if you're taking an action that is making you resent the person, if you're martyring yourself, don't do that because they might not even be aware you're doing that. Yeah, that's so true. Like nobody wins. Yeah, nobody
2: wins. By the way, I love that we just turned ourselves into experts. Oh, like, no, we are. So We're totally Once you reach like, into the hat, listen, that's what I happens. I got my degree in this, yeah, so exactly. I know exactly what yeah. I need to say about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so you guys can send us more topics, Sombrero Topics, on Twitter or at our fancy new email address, A-R-I-Y-N-B-F at AdamCarolla.com. That's Allison Rosen, new best friend. It's not Arian boyfriend. You can go ahead and make those jokes, but I've already heard them. Uh, And I believe some people have sent in some questions on email. Gary, how about if you read one of those?
3: Sure. Uh, Allison, Mm -hmm. seems like you want listener questions, so here's mine. I get a real kick out of the iTunes album artwork for the Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend show. It's a great character of a very pretty lady. I was just wondering (laughs) if there's some significance to the oversized sunglasses and the duckling or if they appear strictly on a whim of the artist. Mm. Thanks and keep up the great work, Todd in the High Desert.
0: Well, Todd High Desert, Um, yes, there is significance. And that logo that you're talking about is by an artist named Keith Kessler quote-unquote Kez Wilson, um, or he goes by Kazilla, and on Twitter he's Kazilla, Um, K-E-Z-I-L-L-A. So Alison Rosen new Best Friend, in its first iteration, was a show that I did on Ustream when I lived in New York, and um, I would often wear oversized sunglasses, because I think they're hilarious. I don't know why. I just think they're ridiculous. Uh, and and so flattering for the human head. Um, not really, though. But I just, I don't know. I would occasionally put them on, and everyone got a kick out of it. I'm sort of like a carrot top. <laughs> You're a prop. comic. A prop comic, and then the duckling. So that's where the glasses come from. Uh, and then the duckling is just because I love ducks. I actually had pet ducks growing <gasps> up. I love ducks too. They're so cute. I can't
2: believe you had pet ducks. I did.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know how ducks imprint? Yes. Yeah, ducklings imprint. So they'll follow when they're uh, when oh they're my babies. God. They'll follow anything moving around because they think oh, it's their mom. So, so if you have a duckling precious. and you're me and you're eight, then you can walk around the house and there's a little duckling, little boy. Okay, I'm super cute. losing my mind over
2: this business yeah. with the ducks. I love ducks.
0: I've, I've, I've fallen in love all over again with adorable images. Oh, I yeah. mean, not like I ever didn't have time for a baby sloth, but now that. <laughs> Now that I'm probably, I am probably probably I should be shooting out kids but I'm not I'm just retweeting adorable pictures on Twitter. I hear you and I you get a lot of second that emotion. Yeah, okay. Um and let's see yeah. Oh, there's oh and then there's a third thing in the photo which I have to mention which is there's a pencil which is kind of bendy and people think that that's cuz I'm a writer but actually that and this this will be the least the thing that tra- is, translates the least when I explain it but something we used to do on the show was the wavy pencil dance. I don't know how it started, but you know when you hold a pencil between your fingers and you kind of hold, like jiggle it up and down and make it look like it's yeah. rubbery? Yes. Aha. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, that Gary doing it reminds me how this started. Someone on it. the show claimed it's best when you hold the pencil on the end, and then I was like, I thought you hold it in the middle. I've always I held always it, on, held the it on the end. Yeah. I always me held too. it on the middle. In the middle. To, that's oh. how I, yeah, I do it on the show. It doesn't work nearly as well when yeah. you hold it in the middle. No, the end's but way somehow, better. so then somehow, the guests and I yeah, started great. holding up pencils and doing that while I played this little song on this fake cell phone toy I had that made this like chirping, like, and then because Ustream is interactive, people at home would get all excited by that. So then it turned into this thing that we had to do for every show. And then the, my some of my favorite ridiculous, insane moments were I'd have like five people in my apartment and we'd do it and then I'd be like just the boys and then I'd duck down under my desk <laughs> and then people and I'd be like Dustin take a solo and then he'd twist around it. it was very insane but it became um a thing.
2: Am I doing it? You're yeah, you're doing it. That's fantastic.
0: So you're holding the tip and you're doing it. Um so anyway, so that's what all those things are and in the uh in the theme song to this show, you can hear Trap Dog say, doing the wavy pencil dance again. Uh, I know that some people have asked, what does that mean? And that's – there's a line in that. That's that. Secret
2: reveal. Yeah.
0: So now you know. Um, that I feel like I'm my own uh, Alison Rosen is your new best friend wiki. Yeah, you just did a biography of it. it. There it it's is. Good. I know. I, this might be too much. I've, I've it's shared so too much. so adorable. God, the duckling story. Mm-hmm iTunes comment of the week time. Satisfying.
1: Uh, Allison Rosen brings
0: you the best
1: iTunes comments of the week.
0: Now, that song is by is his name, Ross Bergman? Bergman. A listener sent that in to us. Um, so he should get his I own love shout it. out as well.
3: All right. And he will. I just don't have it right here in front okay. of me. Okay. I Sorry think it's, about Ro- that. it's Ross
0: Bergman, I think.
3: I think it is Ross Bergman. Okay. If we got that wrong, please. Uh, Send me an email, and I'm very sorry. We'll we'll correct it next week. Uh, this week's iTunes Comment of the Week is from Sari Flanagan. It says, I love Allison, and she is a wonderful talent on the Adam Carolla podcast. Yay! She is smart, funny, and has a great take on the world. Listen! Exclamation point. So, thank you, Sari. Thank you.
0: Wait, so she just complimented me... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that I'm not grateful, but she just complimented me on my performance on the other podcast. Well, it's a comment on
3: your show, so I think, okay. it's, I think it's an addendum. It's as okay. well as being great on the Adam Carolla podcast, she's awesome here. Listen to this.
0: Right. Okay, that works for me.
3: <laughs> Producer Gary's going to get better at this. This is uh, this is only his second episode, and he's a little that's sad. right,
0: that's right. It's okay. I've made Gary read these because I feel like when I blow smoke up my own ass, yes, I totally then it feels get it. Funny, I totally get it. That's but great. I wish I had someone that I could do stuff like that. I could have them. Well, do that. Gary's going to be out of a job soon,
2: clearly. <laughs> but you, but you may
0: mean that he's going to die from whatever illness he has. No, so. from it's Coachella possible. fever. I don't yeah. mean that. Um. Okay. One more thing I want to tell you guys is that if you're going to be going to Amazon to purchase something, which you are anyway because everyone uses Amazon, it's awesome. I just today bought some Truvia, one of my favorite artificial sweeteners on Amazon. Same. so if you're going to go to Amazon and you want to support the show, click through the banner on my website, AllisonRosen.com, and then that sends a few buckaroonies or scents uh, our way. And then that helps make everything run smoothly. And we can buy Gary Benadryl. Mm-hmm. Um, and Janet, thank you so much for hey, coming by. It was so much fun, Allison. Um, plug everything of yours. Oh, uh, well, I you know what? I won't.
2: I will just say um, – that you should I would love for people to come over and check out my podcast because yes. I do think if you like Allison's show you'll probably like mine and um, but don't stop listening to Allison's show yeah. listen to mine listen to both of us um, and they can get that on iTunes you can get it on or- iTunes or on the Nerdist network so if you should go to nerdist.com um n e r d i s t.com and click on podcasts you'll see mine it's a green logo with a smiley face that has braces um, the JV club and, uh, and on Twitter,
0: they can get to you at Twitter, Janet I'm, Varney. Yeah, just at Janet Varney. And do you have JanetVarney.com? I do. Okay, great. Do. And for me, AllisonRosen.com, uh, you can get this podcast on iTunes. Please leave comments and then we'll Gary will read them. Um, and then I'll t- uh, have take issue with his choice and just make him feel generally <laughs> kind of bad, uh, which is not very nice of me. I don't think. And also, please rate it highly if you think it deserves a high rating. And if not, rethink that thought. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Alison Rosen. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. There's um, a Facebook page for the show. There's a Facebook page for me. Uh, you can email the show, A-R-I-Y-N-B-F, at com. And I want to thank everyone and thank you guys for just being awesome listeners uh, tell your friends about the show thank you trap dog for the music thank you kazilla for the logo thank you gary for being gary and janet for being here and um god am i forgetting anything i don't think i am bye you guys bye hey, do you know about-